Hey everybody, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Gwinnett Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, we would love it if you would take just a moment to download the Gwinnett Church app where you can have access to all of our recent message content as well as find out about what's going on around here at Gwinnett Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. Most importantly, however, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Well, good morning. How are we doing, Gwinnett Church? There we go. Hey, that was, that was pretty good. Hey there, Hamilton Mill. We're glad that you guys are joining us as well. And for everybody online, thanks for tuning in. We are so excited. We, today we are starting, well, I'll introduce myself first. My name is Reed Moore. It is a funny name. It's a command. And um, I am, y'all, I've been lead bastard for a minute and some of y'all just thought about that. So um, I know, yeah, I didn't have all the Dan Leanne jokes. And so I was like, gosh, but my name is a joke in itself. So uh, yeah, but, but my name is Reed and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here. And we are starting a brand new series today. Uh, I'm excited about it. It was funny when uh, the email went out that we were starting this series and it's called Those People. I had people like screenshotting it and sending it and they were like, mmm, juicy, right? Like, uh, and, and the reason why is because every single one of us, when you hear that title, those people, you see the eye roll, you immediately can think of some people that are those people in your life, right? Like every single one of you, you've got some people coming to mind. Uh, for some of you, it's those people on next door. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh my God, he's back at it. You know, like you get, you get your spouse, come here, look what they said, you know, right? Like it's, it, it's, it's some people on Line. It's those people that, right, they post that stuff and it's incessant and it's all the time, right? And so uh, for some of you, it's, it's those people. For some of you, it's people way closer to home because you guys know this, that nobody gets under your skin like people that know you and love you and are close to you, right? Like, and so I know and some all the married people said, amen, right? Like, and, and, and so for some of you, it's, it's someone close to home that is like those people to you, right? Like it's a, it's a sibling, it's a parent, it's a spouse, it's someone that you're raising. Some of you are raising those people in your life, right? Like, and so I know and you're like, <laughs> I'm sending this to my son right now, right? Like, and so... And so we've all got those people in our lives, those people that tend to get under our skin, that tend to bring out the worst in us, that tend to just kind of trigger us and cause us to go places where we're like, I can't believe I said that or did that. Those people who hurt us, who offend us, who we can't seem to quite understand or ever see eye to eye with, right? We've all got those people. And here's just a little nugget before you're just sitting there thinking about those people. Here's the truth is every single one of us are probably those people to some people, right? Like, and so you're like, it's not me. Yeah, you, right? Like, and so, and so the reality is this is a series for all of us because we've got, we've all got those people. And at one point or another, we've probably been those people in the lives of others. And so this is a series about that, right? This is a series about how do we deal with those people in our lives, those people that tend to bring out the worst in us. How do we, how do we deal with them? And, and so today we're starting our series by talking about one of the things that makes some people those people, right? We're, we're gonna talk about one of the things that makes some people those people. Today we're gonna talk about the topic of offenses, 
We're gonna talk about the topic of offenses and we don't have the like cool TV out here on the stage, the Andy Plasma, um, because I have this secret garden and you'll see, I know some of you were like, what, is this just new decor? It's not, uh, this is going to be for later, so don't let that distract you. Um, today we are going to talk about the topic of offenses and it's an important one for us to begin with and to begin to address because we are living in the age of offense, amen? Yes, exactly. And, and we are living in the age of offense where it feels like everybody is offended, right? I am offended about anything and everything. It's like we're ready to be offended, right? Like uh, I have to pray you guys for 30 minutes before I post something on Instagram because I'm worried about which one of you I'm going to offend. And that's just when I'm posting pictures of my kids, right? Like, and so it's like, what? <laughs> right? And some of you got offended by that joke and that was a joke and so... We're gonna work on your heart today, the Holy Spirit is, right? So, so it, right, like we are living in the age of offense and it feels like we're just so quick to get offended about everything, right? It's the eye roll, it's the attitude. Did you hear their tone? I'm offended, right? Like, can you believe that they said that? Can you believe they didn't say that? They didn't even say thank you. I held the door and they just walked right in. I gave them the, you can come into traffic and they didn't give me the, ha ha, you know what I mean? Like, I am offended. Now I'm gonna ride them all the way back to what, you know, like, it's like, I am so, oh, right? Like, we are so easy offended, right? It's, I can't believe they posted that. I can't believe they keep posting that. I can't believe they commented that. I can't believe they liked that. I am offended, right? We are living in the age of offense and it feels like we're all so easily offended. It's no wonder, you guys, that for some of us, we find it very hard to stay happy and that is because you are so easily offended. Some of you needed to hear that. I needed to hear that this week. Um, for me, I've been, I've been realizing that the easier I am to offend, the harder it is for me to stay happy. And so I am personally working on trying to have an unoffendable heart. We are living in the age of offense. We are living in a time where people are so easily offended. We are quick to get offended. We are quick to judge. We are quick to hold a grudge and y'all, it is tearing us apart. Don't you see it? You can see it in our families. You can see it in our neighborhoods. You can see it in our relationships. You can see it online. You can see it in our country. It is tearing us apart. We have got to do better. And so that's what we're gonna talk about today. How do we handle our offenses in a way so as to not live offended and how do we handle our offenses in a way that we can move forward, we can reconcile relationships, um, and we can live free and full and into our purpose and potential. And so we're gonna talk about that today. And in order to drive our discussion or to lead our discussion today about how to handle offenses, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a look uh, at the book of Romans today. And so if you have a Bible, awesome. If not, uh, thankfully we've got a huge one on the screen. And so, we're gonna be looking in the book of Romans and, and Romans is a letter written by this guy named Paul. And if you've been around church, you've heard of the apostle Paul. If you haven't been around church before, uh, you probably have still heard of the apostle Paul. He is one of the most famous and influential Christian writers, thinkers, and leaders, and not even just Christian. He is one of the most important thinkers and leaders and writers in all of human history. 
um, we actually all have experienced, right, um, a little bit of the results uh, of his writings and thinkings and teachings. And, and so Paul is, is a really big deal. And uh, what Paul would do, Paul was a Jesus hater turned Jesus follower who went around and began to tell everybody about what God had done for him and what God had done for us. And then he would talk about and unpack what that meant to live in response to God's love. And so he would plant churches and then he would write letters and he would plant a church and he would write back to them. And Romans is one of those letters. And in the book of Romans, it's probably like one of his most famous letters that Paul wrote. In the book of Romans, he's writing to a newly formed Christian community. He's explaining to them what God has done for us in Jesus, namely that God in Jesus has paid for our sin, reconciled us to himself, and now set us free to live for him and to live a better life um, for one another as well. Now and here and now and also Forever, And so Paul's unpacking this. And as he gets to Romans 12, he's beginning to unpack uh, how to live in light of God's love, right? So he gets to Romans 12 and he begins to unpack how do we live in response to God's love? How do we live in lieu of God's love for us? In, in light of what God's done for us, how do we begin to live our lives day in and day out? How do we treat each other? And so um, if, if you were looking for something to read this week that is both powerful and practical, go check out Romans 12. It's an incredible passage uh, of scripture. It's an incredible uh, chapter. Like I said, it's, it's so powerful. It's so practical for your day-to-day -day living. And in it, he begins to talk about what life looks like together and what it looks like to deal with other people and how we ought to treat each other and how we ought to react to one another. And he, it starts off really positive and it's all like love each other and be genuine and you know, cry with the people that are crying and, and cheer with the people that are cheering. And you're just like, yes, this is so good. And then he inevitably though, if you're gonna talk about life together with other people, inevitably he's gonna have to get to this topic of offense, right? Because you guys know this, if you're gonna live in close proximity to other human beings, someone is going to grade on you, right? And so he gets to this topic of offense and how do we deal as people who God has done much for, how do we live and handle offenses in light of God's love? And so he begins to unpack this, right? And, and this, is what, this is what Paul has to say in Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 17. He says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. So right out of the gates, Paul says, hey, let's talk about offenses. And he says, when someone does you evil, when someone offends you, when they hurt you, and they're going to, right? If you, if you live around people, right? You are going to be hurt. You are going to be shamed. You are going to be disappointed. You are going to be discouraged. You are going to be offended at some point. He says, your natural inclination is gonna be evil for evil, right? Your natural inclination is gonna be hurt for hurt. It's gonna be offense for offense, right? It's, it's, that's natural. You see it even in our kids, right? I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a one-year-old. And, and, and sometimes we'll be upstairs and we'll be hanging out and we'll hear that, ah, you don't know what I'm talking about? Like any parents in the room, you hear it and you're like, is that, is somebody okay? Are they just excited? Are they having a good time? No, nope, nope. That one's tears. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and one of them will come running upstairs and they'll say, 
And what do you have to do as a parent? What did you do? I hit her first, right? You know what I mean? And it's, it's evil for evil, right? You see it at a very early age, our natural inclination, the natural desire of the human heart is when someone's done you wrong to turn around and do them wrong. And Paul says, that's gonna be your natural inclination. It's gonna be evil for evil. It's gonna be hurt for hurt. It's gonna be offense for offense, right? That's gonna be the natural tendency, and before you just think that like, oh, it's just like, you know, when, when I yell, they yell and I never yell, you know what I mean? Listen, evil for evil, it comes in all kinds of forms because evil for evil is simply whatever action you take in order to make them feel the same hurt they made you feel, right? So whatever action you take, so for some of you in the room, you escalate when they escalate, right? I will be louder, right? Like some of you, your natural inclination is, is to escalate, right? For some of you, and my wife has perfected this art form, for some, hey baby, I love you. So um, <laughs> some of you, it's not that you escalate. For some of you, your evil for evil looks like the silent treatment. And she's just... I'm like, are we good? Are you, gonna, are you gonna be like that all day? You know, like, right? Like, and, and the reason she's doing it is it's, it's evil for evil. She wants me to feel the way that I've made her feel. She wants me to be offended the way that I've offended her, but she can't yell as loud as I can. And so, and so for her, she goes to the silent treatment. For some of you, that's your evil for evil. For some of you, it's the, it's the passive aggressive comments that you hang on to. And you bring them up like one day, two days, a week, a month, a year later, and you just slide that one in there just to remind them that you haven't forgotten and you haven't, for, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, yeah, well, I still remember when you did that, <laughs> you know? And you're like, oh my gosh, I thought we'd moved on, right? It's the, it's the passive aggressive comment. It's the, it's, it's the withholding of forgiveness. It's the holding on to the grudge, right? That is the natural inclination of the human heart. When we've been hurt, when we've been offended, our natural response is to go evil for evil. It's to go hurt for hurt. I want you to feel what you made me feel. I want to offend you the way that you've offended me. I want you to experience it. And so I'm gonna go hurt for hurt. I'm gonna go evil for evil. And Paul says, don't do it. Don't give in to that desire. Don't give in to that temptation. Don't indulge that, that, that desire in your heart to go offense for offense. And you guys, the reason why is not just because it's the right thing to do. I can remember being so frustrated as a young man ah. and being angry and hurt. And I can remember people telling me that I needed to forgive and they would say, because it's the right thing to do. The reason why Paul says don't go evil for evil or offense for offense or hurt for hurt, it's not simply because of your morality. There's more at stake than your morality. He says, the reason why we don't do that we don't go evil for evil is because he knows what it does to us and he knows what it does to us. He knows what it does in us and he knows what it does to us. And the reason why we've got this up here is there was a pastor, uh, there is a pastor, he's alive. He's actually super famous. He's way more famous than me. You can go watch it. He does a great job preaching. But, um, but there's a pastor in North Carolina, a guy named Stephen Furtick. And, um, and years ago, he gave an illustration about what happens 
when we choose to do what Paul is telling us not to do, when we choose to go evil for evil, when we choose to go offense for offense, when we hold on to our grudges, when we withhold our forgiveness, when we, when we go the, the passive aggressive or the silent treatment or the yell for yell or the hurt for hurt, when we choose that route, he gave this illustration about what it does in us and to us. And, um, and it has stuck with me for years. And I thought, you know what, I could, try to, I could try to be cool and come up with some other illustration for how to do this. But I just thought, you know what, I'm, I'm just gonna show you guys what he showed because it has stuck with me all these years in my mind and in my heart. And sadly enough, this has proven to be true in my own life and relationships and in the life and the relationships of people that I love and that I care about and that I've had the privilege to pastor all these years. And so I wanna show you what happens when you choose not to heed that advice, that command, to go evil for evil. I wanna show you what happens. You see, what, what, what Pastor Stephen said is when you choose to go evil for evil and when you choose to hold on to and you take offense, they said that. They did that. I can't believe that. Look what they posted. He says, what, what you end up doing is when you hold on to that and you refuse to forgive that or you hold on to that grudge or you keep that in the back of your mind so you can bring it up later in another argument. He says, it's like you, you take that offense and you, you dig it in, into your heart, into your life, into that relationship. And then something else happens and it's, they didn't say thank you. After all that I've done for them, after all the things that I've, ways that I've been there for them, they didn't even show any gratitude and we hang on to it and we hold on to it. They, they yelled and said some things they shouldn't, but I'm not apologizing first. I said some things I shouldn't, but I'm not apologizing first. They should apologize to me. They started it. I always go first. I always pick up the phone first. I always call first. This time they need to do it. And we take these and can't believe that they believe that. I can't believe they voted that way. I can't believe they keep posting that way. I can't believe they've said those things. And we go an offense by offense when we choose to go evil for evil, when we choose to go hurt for hurt, when we hold on to our grudges and we withhold our forgiveness, offense by offense, you guys, we build a fence. We build a fence between us and someone else. We build a fence between us and those people in our lives. We build a fence between someone that potentially we really care for. We build a fence between if you're a Jesus follower, even if you don't care for them, someone that you're called to care for. And you guys, let me just tell you something. This, this is exactly what the enemy wants in our lives and in our relationships. And I don't know where you stand with the devil. I don't know what you believe about the devil, but Jesus taught that we have a spiritual enemy and that this, this spiritual enemy has an agenda for our lives and relationships and that agenda is destruction. 
And let me tell you something about his agenda for destruction. He wants to destroy you and he wants to destroy your relationships and he wants to destroy your purpose and your potential. And his strategy is division because he knows that if he can tear us apart, he can tear us down, yes? And so his strategy is division, but let me tell you his tactic. His tactic is offense because he knows that offense by offense, it will build a fence and it will divide you and I in relationship. And he knows that if he can tear us apart, he can tear us down. He knows that if he can isolate you, he can lie to you about your purpose and your identity. It's like it says in Proverbs, in Proverbs 18, 19, Solomon wrote this. He said, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. He said, arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. Solomon is painting this picture. He says, offense by offense, you build a fence between you and someone else and you end up cut off from someone that you're called to love and care for. And sadly enough, over the years, I have watched this happen in the lives of so many people. Sadly, right now in our country and in our neighborhoods and in our communities, I am watching this happen over petty offenses that have been held onto and built up over time and evil for evil and offense for offense has built a fence between people. And Paul says, don't do this. Don't give in to that temptation. I know it's tempting. I know what they said was hurtful. I know they did it again. I know they said it again. I know they had no right. But he says, don't give in to that. There's a better way. And so he continues and he teaches us this better way. He says, instead of going offense for offense, instead of building offense up between you and other people, instead of living offended, he says, here's what I want you to do. He says, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, I do like that he says, if it's possible, because I think sometimes we think that not living offended means that we have to always reconcile the relationship. Can I just tell you something and just let some of you like let your guards down a little bit? Listen, it's not your job to control someone else's response. Reconciliation takes two, but forgiveness just takes you. Reconciliation, that takes two. And so he says, if, if possible, reconcile the relationship. But he says, he still holds us accountable to it. He says, if it's possible, reconcile it. But he says, as far as it depends on you, as far as it depends on you, he says, live at peace with everyone. He says, don't take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, he says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head, which sounds ferocious, but I'm gonna, <laughs> some of you are like, geez. I'm gonna unpack that here in a second. He says, don't be overcome by evil, but instead overcome evil with good. Listen, when you're hurt, when you've been offended, 
When that's come your way, your natural inclination is gonna wanna be to hold on to it, to withhold the forgiveness, to make them earn it, to go hurt for hurt, to go offense for offense, to build up that fence between you and someone else. That's gonna be your natural inclination. But Paul says, fight fight that temptation, fight that desire. And then he says, what, what I want you to do instead is as far as it depends on you, as much responsibility as you can take in this, their actions and their reactions are not your responsibility, but your response to offense is your responsibility. And so he says, as far as, 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 as much as you can do and as much as you can take responsibility for and as much as you can own and as much as you can apologize for, he says, I want you to do that. And I want you to overcome evil. Instead of going evil for evil, I want you to overcome evil with good. So he says, in in, in the situation where you've been offended, instead of giving offense for offense, I want you to do for them what you wish they would have done for you. So the, the benefit of the doubt that you wish that they'd have given you, he goes, I want you to give that. The benefit of a conversation that you wish that they'd give to you, he goes, yeah, I want you to give that. This is the conversation. Yeah, I want you to to give that. The space that you wish that they'd give to you. Yeah, I want you to give that. The prayers that you wish that they'd offer up for you. Yeah, I want you to to give that. The grace that you wish that they'd give to you. He says, yeah, I want you to give that. The forgiveness that you wish that they could give to you. Yeah, I, I want you to give that. He says, as far as it depends on you, as much as you can own, whatever action you can take to reconcile or to make peace. He says, that's what I want you to do. That's the action that I want you to take. And he's getting at something here, you guys, that that we gotta get. Listen, offense, offense is an event, but offended is a choice. Offense is an event, but offended is a choice of how we're gonna respond. Offense, they're inevitable. Offenses, they're inevitable. But offended is optional. Living offended is optional. People are going to hurt you, they're going to offend you. Paul says, and you can choose to live offended and you can choose to hold on to the offenses and you can choose to go hurt for hurt and you can choose to refuse to apologize or to forgive. You You can do that, but you can also choose something different. He says, you can go as far as it depends on you to make peace. You can go as far as it depends on you and you can do exactly what you wish that they would do for you. And I I know the objections in the room because I know the hurt. I know the objections in the room are, but read, that's not fair. That's not fair. You have no idea what they said. You have no idea what they did. You You have no idea how many times they've done it. They always do it, right? You have have no idea the wound that they left. You have no idea the hurt that they gave. Read there, they owe me. They're not sorry. They deserve this. And y'all, in most cases, listen, this is what's crazy is, you're right. They do owe you. They kind of do deserve it. They did do wrong. They're not sorry. But what Paul is saying here when he says, as far as it depends on you, 
What Paul is saying here is uh, give them what you wish that they would do for you. When he says that, he is not saying that what they did was okay. And he is not saying that, that you should just brush it under the rug. And he's not ignoring the fact that the offense is a real thing. He is saying, here's what I want you to do. I want you to release them from the debt they owe you because you're the one that's imprisoned by it. He says, I want you to release them of the debt and I want you to remove yourself as the arbiter of justice in their life. I want you to remove yourself as the avenger of the sin and I want you to leave it in some more capable hands. He's not saying that what they did was okay. He's saying that you're not the best person equipped to deal with it in their life. And that's why he says, so leave room for God. He says, as far as it depends on you, 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 you need to, to do whatever it is in your power to mend the relationship, to make peace. You don't need to be an offense taker. You need to be a peacemaker. He says, but that's not saying that what they did was okay. And that's not just simply letting them off the hook. He's like, no, 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 no. He says, you're just removing yourself from being the person that has to exact justice on that person. And you're leaving room for God to work on them. You are leaving room for God to work in them. You are leaving room for God to humble them. You are leaving room for God to bring them to the end of their self. You are leaving room for God to convict their hearts and their minds. You are leaving room for God to deal with their transgression. You are leaving room for God to deal with it because he's far more capable than you or I to deal with the sin in someone else's life. I heard Dr. Tony Evans say this one time. He said, sometimes the reason why you feel like God hasn't worked on that other person that's offended you is because you're still standing in the way because you're trying to work on them and you're trying to change them and you're trying to humble them and you're trying to make them feel sorry and you're trying to convict their heart and you're trying to turn them around, right? And he says, no, 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 no. As far as it depends on you, as much as you can own, he says, I want you to do that and leave room for God to deal with that person and to turn them around. He's far better at it than you. And y'all, if we'll do that, if we'll go as far as it depends on us, if we will leave room for God, if instead of going evil for evil, we'll choose to do good for evil, instead, when it comes to those people in our life who have hurt us and offend us, it can have a powerful effect on our own hearts and in our relationships. I got to experience the benefit of somebody who did this right recently. And I want to share it with you. Um, the other day, uh, my mom had come over and um, she had taken the kids to the, to the pool. And we have like one of those pool keys, you know what I'm talking about? Ding, let you in, that thing. And uh, my mom had the pool key and she came back, dropped the kids off, she leaves. And uh, the next day, my wife wants to take the kids to the pool. And, um, and we look down and we realize we don't have the pool key. Yeah, we don't have the key. Now we can go up there that day and probably just be like, hey neighbor, like we live here, I promise, we're not creepy. You know what I mean? Like, and we probably could have done that. Um, but, uh, you know, Morgan and I were talking, she's like, we're going to need it at some point this week. You know, we're going to need it. So, you know, can we, can we call your mom and see if we can go get it and call my mom. And my mom is, you know, she's, 
she works at the hospital. She's up at the hospital. Um, and actually my dad had a kidney stone. So it was like the perfect storm. And so my dad has a kidney stone. He's in the hospital and he's like, nah, you know, and then my, um, I know all the kidney stone people. Um, and so you felt that on an emotional level. And, um, and so my dad's there, my mom's there, she's working, she's at the hospital. And I'm like, she's like, hey, you know, if you wanna get the pool key, you gotta come up here and get it. And at this point, like, I'm just being petty. You ever just been petty? I'm just being petty and I'm offended. I'm like annoyed that I have to drive out of my way um, and it's not really close. And so I, now I gotta drive over there and I'm in a mood and I'm just like annoyed that I have to drive over there and I'm, and I'm getting over there. And I pull into the parking lot where I, um, I, it's the only parking lot I've ever parked at the hospital. It's the visitor parking lot, right? So I get out there to the visitor parking lot. My mom's like, hey, where are you? And I'm like, I'm in the parking lot. I'm looking at the stairs. She's like, well, I'm standing on the stairs. And I was like, well, unless you're invisible, uh, I don't see you. And she's like, well, I'm standing by the, at the stairs where you go into the emergency room. And I was like, well, I'm standing or parked in front of the stairs, the only stairs that I know to go in the hospital. And we begin, and she's, you know, well, you know, just drive around and you know, and she's like doing, just to be honest, the worst job ever at explaining where she's standing, right? And she's talking about, I'm standing around the stairs and I'm, I'm getting frustrated and I'm already annoyed that I was there. And you guys know, like when you're already, like you're already in a bad mood, you're like, can't believe I do this, you know what I mean? And so now I'm annoyed and I'm, I've driven over there and I'm frustrated and I get snappy. And y'all, I just kind of like snapped on my mom. And I was like, you were doing the worst job ever at telling me where you are. And I guess I'll just drive around this whole godforsaken plane. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I just, I mean, inserted foot into mouth and I acted like a total jerk. And I could tell my mom was upset. I could tell she, her feelings were hurt. And to be honest, I just didn't care. I drove around the hospital and sure enough, it got around to where she was and there she was by the stairs, you know? And, um, and I, I drove up and, and I'm, I'm upset and she rolls down the window and she says, um, she goes, hey, I just want you to know that really hurt my feelings. And, um, and she said, you know, I, I apologize that I was not doing a good job of telling you the directions. I thought I was being clear. I was trying my best, um, but apparently I didn't do a good job. I'm sorry that you had to drive out of your way. I didn't mean to, to leave the, the key on the key ring. She said, so I'm, I'm sorry. And then she said, but I just wanted you to know that hurt my feelings. I forgive you, um, but, but I just wanted to keep short accounts with you. I'm like, give me that pookie, you know? <laughs> I'm still being petty. Roll up the window, drive away. I'm going over in my mind how wrong she was, how right I was. And I'm thinking about it. And I'm going over that conversation. And, um, and it just starts to convict me. And I realize I was so in the wrong. I was such a jerk and my mom had done it so well, you guys. She had done what Paul talked about. Instead of going evil for evil and offense for offense, instead she said, you know what? I'm gonna go as far as it depends on me. I'll own what I can own. I forgot to give you the key. I know I wasn't doing a good job at directions. She's like, I'll apologize for that. But She's like, I'm also, I'm, I'm not gonna demand, I'm not gonna tell you how mad I am at you and what a jerk you were on the phone. She said, instead, I'm just gonna tell you that hurt my feelings and now I'm gonna leave room for God. 
I'm gonna leave room for God to convict you. I'm gonna leave room for God to challenge you. I'm gonna leave room for God to humble you. Read, I'm gonna leave room for God. And she didn't have to say all that. She just did. She just left the room there. And instead, she gave me forgiveness. She overcame evil with good. And y'all, as I'm driving home, the best way I can describe how I felt was like she had dumped burning coals on my head. You know what I mean? It was, and then you go, what does that mean? I'm like, it's that. It's that feeling of like, oh, I was so wrong. And I knew it and I was convicted and I felt terrible about it. And so I had to pick up the phone and I had to reach out and say, mom, I'm so sorry. That was not your fault. That was my fault. Mom, I am, I am like, that was, that was wrong of me. That was petty of me. And, and we were able to reconcile and we were able to move on. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, yo, is that, that's the worst problem you've got? No, but it's the one I'm gonna tell you about. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are way other crazier things in my life that I'm dealing with, you know what I mean? But, but that one was such a perfect illustration of what hangs in the balance, you guys, of us getting this right and what we stand to gain if we can get this right when dealing with those people, if we can fight the temptation to go offense for offense for offense for offense, if we can fight the temptation to build the fence and we can choose to do what Paul says and we can instead, we can go as far as it depends on us, own what we can own, go as far as we can go, take responsibility for what we can take responsibility for, leave room for God and give people good instead of evil. Give them the response that we wish they'd have given us. If we can do that, you guys, we stand to gain something, something really, really great. Can you imagine if we could learn to do that better? I'll tell you what would happen if we, if we decided to, instead of getting offended, say, hey, you know what? Like instead, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna pray for that person. I'm gonna pray for that person that hurt me. I'll tell you what, y'all. The longer you pray for somebody who has hurt you, it is hard to hate someone you are actively praying for. And when I say praying for them, I don't mean that petty prayer where you're like, God, you better get a hold of their life and turn it. You know what I'm saying? Like it might start that way. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like it might start that way, but I'm telling you, if you will actively pray for God to do a work in their life and for God to love them and to encourage them and to save them and to turn them around and to humble them. And God, would you do something in them that brings them back to you? If you'll actively be praying for them, I'm telling you, it's hard to hate them. If instead of getting offended, if you'll say, hey, you know what? Like, I'm gonna give them the benefit of a conversation. Instead of gossiping about them and just talking bad about them, I'm gonna actually go and I'm gonna give them the benefit of a conversation. Instead of getting offended and holding on to it, if we decided, hey, you know what? I'm gonna listen to their side of things instead of just filling in the gaps and assuming that I know every detail of what's going on. If instead of getting offended, if we decided, hey, you know what? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna give them the space that I wish that they'd have given me, if instead of getting offended, if we said, hey, you know what? No, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna own what I can own. I'm gonna take responsibility for what I can take responsibility for. I'm gonna quit trying to take responsibility for them. If instead of getting offended, if we said, hey, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna let go of the grudge. If instead of getting offended, we said, hey, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna extend forgiveness instead of withholding it. You guys, you know what happens? is we got material to build something else. And I know you may not be able to see it, but you got, a, you got material to build something else. And instead of building fences, you'll start to build bridges. 
And it might just be that you build a bridge of reconciliation. I can't promise that that will happen because as we said, reconciliation takes two and there's gotta be somebody else building their bridge to you. So it may be that you build a bridge of reconciliation, but it may just be that you build a bridge whereby you're able to get over the offense and move on with your life. Instead of living trapped behind a prison of offense, instead of living offended, you're able to deal with it, you're able to move on from it, and you become a bridge builder instead of a fence builder. And you guys, that, that is what your heavenly father wants for you. The enemy wants to destroy you and his strategy is division and his tactic is offense, but your heavenly father wants something more for you. He wants you to live full and free, He wants there to be healing and reconciliation in our relationships. He wants us to experience the benefits of unity. That's what he wants for you and for me. He wants us to be peacemakers, not offense takers. He wants us to be bridge builders, not fence builders. And not only is that what your heavenly father wants for you, but this is what's so powerful, you guys. This is the reason why Paul can say this, is not only is that what your heavenly father wants for you, that is what your heavenly father has done for you. He has not not held your offenses against you. He has not held my offenses against me, but instead, instead what he's done is he's given us good for evil. And through the death of Jesus on the cross, what he's done is he has forgiven our offenses, he has made amends, and where sin had built a wall between us and God, God came and through Jesus, he built a bridge and he made it possible for reconciliation to happen. And he went as far as it depended on him to reconcile the relationship. And so that's what he's called us to do. That's what he desires for us and for our lives and our relationships. And if God can deal with all of our offenses. And if God can deal with all of your offenses, and if God can handle those and not hold them against you, then what offenses in your life are worth holding on to? So the question I want to ask before we leave is, is there, is there a fence that needs to be torn down in your life? Are there some offenses that you need to dig out and to drop Where is there an opportunity in your life, in your relationships to go as far as it depends on you? Have you gone as far as it depends on you? Have you left room for God to work in that other person? Are you still sitting in judgment over their life? Are you repaying evil for evil? What would it look like to give good instead? Because that's what our heavenly father wants for us. And that's who he's called us to be. So what if we weren't those people that went evil for evil and offense for offense, but instead watch the switch. What if we were those people, those people who went as far as it depended on us to live at peace? What if we were those people who left room for God to deal with the people who have offended us and those offenses in our life? What if we were those people who instead of going evil for evil, we gave good instead? What if we were those people the peacemakers, not the offense takers? What if we were those people, the bridge builders, not the fence builders? And I'm emotional about it, because listen, your life is way too short. Life is way too short. And your purpose and your peace and your relationships are way too important for us to stay offended over these little things that build the walls between us. So let's be those people the people that God has shown us the way to be and the people that God has empowered us to be. 
Let's be those people for God's glory, for our own joy, and for the good of those around us. Let's be those people. Amen. Let me pray for us. Well, Heavenly Father, thank you that you, um, that you don't call us to do anything that you haven't done yourself. And so thank you that you are the perfect example of what we've talked about today, that you have not counted our offenses and our sins against us, that instead where sin had built a wall between us, you came and tore it down with the cross and you built a bridge instead. And so thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for loving us, for forgiving us, for dropping our offenses. And Father, I just pray right now that you would help us to do the same. You would help us to do the same in our own lives and our relationships. God, some of us have fences and walls built up and they've been built up so high for so long, we don't even know where to start. So would you help us just to remove just one little post today? Would you help us to begin to drop those offenses? Would you help us to go as far as it depends on us? Would you help us to leave room for you to work on the people who have hurt us? Would you help us, instead of giving evil for evil, would you help us to follow your example and give good instead? Father, we need you for that. Help us to be those people, the people that Paul talked about today. We love you, we trust you. It's in your name that we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen.